You be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. <laughs> I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, so they, they got to wake up with a piss out. You're talking about Rasool. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, aka Big Dog. And you're listening to Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Man's Packers Podcast, the one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week once again with Todd. Todd. Hello. Hola. Hola. Yes. Uh, Spanish for whatever reason. Welcome to the first week of training camp. It is over. We know so much more about the Packers now than we did a week ago after two padded practices and like three that weren't. Todd, uh, the burning question for Packers training camp this year—you know—it's always an issue, and we need to we need to start off with this. Should fans be allowed to record practice, or is it a competitive disadvantage for the franchise to allow that to happen? I thought about this a little bit, and so I've formed my opinion on it. Oh, good. If, if you're going to stop fans from recording, you better be good. Mm-hmm. If you suck and you're stopping the fans, like you're hiding the secret sauce and the secret sauce is the jet sweep on fourth and three, Ugh. then you know what? I think you better let people record next year. <laughs> right. I think maybe that is how we do it. It's a little bit of an incentive like, hey, like you can't record because we're still good. And then when we suck. It's like, OK, yeah. Yes. Now you can record whatever you want, wherever you want. You can watch. You can get. You can go into the locker room and record. Maybe that's a little too far, but that's my opinion on it. I I do think it's kind of dumb, to be honest. Yeah, it's like, I, you, you're not that. We're not like. Come on, just let them record. Who I cares? used to. I used to be in the boat of. Uh, who cares? Like you can. You shouldn't let them record. Like I thought. I think I was might have even said that on the podcast back in like 2020. Because I'm like, if there's any advantage at all, like sure, sure. do it. But it, now it comes back to there's less and less practices for fans to watch. We all want to see the shit, and it's not like it's not like the parts that they are showing are that secret, anyways. Like they have That's closed what... practices too, and they can tell the right. media not to talk about this stuff. So the fan stuff, it's like, what are we, what are we fucking doing here? But sh- big shout out to uh, Big B, the Make a Wish kid, that. who's had most most of the videos going out there. When you were saying if you're going to do it, don't suck at it. At first, I thought you meant like the people who are trying to stop the recordings, which I believe who who they have in the stands are just workers for the Packers who are mostly like <laughs> I'm just assuming like elderly like yeah. Walmart greeters almost and then it's they're just creating awkward situations by telling you not to record rather than like actually kicking people out have you ever been to a theme park and you like recorded something at a theme park and we... they make you delete it like how <laughs> lame is that yeah you're I, like dude like it's just a ride like what anybody can come here like they're the trade secrets are commercials. lost I just am like, I'm like, that's such a lame thing to like, what a lame job. Like, I feel bad. It's not that those people are like, I hope those people aren't signing up to be like fun killers. Right. Like, hey, you can't record. 
So yeah. it's not really their fault, but like, oh, it's just it's just lame. Yeah, they like have a little drawing every year for what job they're gonna have. It's like, oh fuck, I got I got uh, training camp bleacher uh, <laughs> watchmen for the. Don't summer. they wear like red shirts or something? Yeah, I, re- I, saw... I, I think it was red vests is red the term vests. they've been given. Uh it does. Uh, I now I'm gross. a I'm a 31 year old adult man, but I still have like these ideas of stupid things I could do. So. <laughs> We live, it, we're both from Wisconsin. We live in the Twin Cities currently. I actually live incredibly close to the Vikings training mm. facility. If you leave my driveway, turn right and drive for three minutes, you end up at their training facility. Sure. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I've i thought of making like a video, like, you know, a content idea here, but I can't because I'm 31 years old. Only a crazy person would do this, right? Right. And make a whole thing like the Packers are saying it's a disadvantage to allow fans to watch their practice. So to help the Packers today, I'm going to sneak into the Vikings training (laughs) facility and then I want to buy like like a big old trench coat and like be inspector gadget, put some glasses on and like wires hanging out and like walk into the bleachers and then (laughs) document the whole thing leading up to it and then like get verified on Twitter and then post like a 90 minute long video <laughs> from the bleachers for the Packers and be like, here you go. You know, everything about the Vikings now, you know, what you should do is you should just send, put it on a USB and just send it to the Packers front office. <laughs> like, I got, I got all, I went to a, a Vikings practice, a bears practice, a lions practice. I expect that we win all of those games now. No, it's yeah. such an advantage. No return address, just write top secret and send it to them all in a yep. Sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would plug it into all their computers right away. We need to run this to Matt. <laughs> yeah. But no, we'll uh, we'll talk about training camp the first week of practices in the book. So we'll go over the news and notes of that. Uh, we will at the end go over Aaron Rodgers taking a pay cut for the Jets See what we think about that and maybe some other training camp uh, stories or hoopla, whatever is going on. But starting off, we will get into practice and we will talk about what is most important in this training camp. That, of course, being the play of one Jordan Love, the new QB1. Thus far, up and down training camp, it seems like. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'm still kind of a little bit of a Jordan Love doubter. But I would take the news that we've gotten so far. I'd almost give him a B. That is my grade by not watching him hardly at all, except for the big oh. B clips and reading tweets and listening to people who are watching practice, what they're saying. But up and down, he's thrown a couple picks in actual 11 on 11s. Nothing too crazy. It doesn't sound like he's been embarrassing, which at times in the past, it sounds like he has. But a couple wow plays. He had that deep touchdown to Christian Watson, a clip that kind of went viral. Uh, a couple other nice deep throws he had on the sidelines. The one to... Uh, Jaden Reed on the sideline was almost the most impressive ones that I saw. But uh, I'm trying to think of the one that I saw on Twitter. I thought it was a Christian Watson dime that he dropped in the bucket. Um, yep, that, was, that, that was, was a big one. Yes, that was pretty. I'm not. I'm not. That got me a little bit excited. Not gonna lie, that he was dropping that in there because the coverage, at least from the angle that it was filmed at, the coverage was good too. Yeah. Did you see the what uh, Peter Bukowski said about it? Uh, you know what? I didn't happen to see that. <laughs> and I shouldn't even bring it up, but I only saw it because like Peter Bukowski quoted the tweet or something. It was like to to the naked eye or something. He, he, he was like, oh, it looked like it was overthrown and Christian Watson just ran under it. And then Matt Schneidman, who was at practice and works for the Athletics, said something along the lines of, 
you know, didn't know you could you could tell uh, how good of a pass it was from New York because that's where <laughs> he's out of. And then Rob Domofsky made some comment too. And it, they both deleted their comments, but you can tell that that type of shit. Oh, they the, commented on it and then they deleted it? Yeah. Like they, Rob commented on it and deleted yeah, it? Yeah, they've done that in the past. It's the best. You can tell there's some type of little schism there between like actual oh, beat reporters funny, and some actually. of these blogger boys. I wonder what they think about guys like Andy Herman, who I know Wildy has said that he does a good job, but he's kind of like, you know, started well, what do they think about like, What do they think about like Nagler? I think he's another, I think most guys Would do Would you call like, him a beat reporter? Well, it's it's interesting because there's beat writers who I would say, you know, Silverstein, Will D, yeah, Bill the guys Huber, from Green Matt Bay. Schneidman, Ryan Wood. Those are kind of the main guys. There's a couple other guys. But then there's some news guys like uh, this Kyle dude. I forgot his last name. And then uh, something, oh, Cody, yeah, Cody Krupp, well. another news guy. But then there's blogger guys who get uh, credentialed as well like Nagler, like Andy Herman, like uh, Paul. God, I, for- I always forget his last name. But there are these other guys who are more from around the country that come in for training camp, and then they get credentialed, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know where I started on that one. Oh, I don't like Peter Bukowski. Uh, yeah, they're making fun well, of Peter Bukowski. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just like – so I think maybe you're going to get into it, but like the Aaron Nagler takes are some kind of, sometimes kind of like – way out there a little bit mm-hmm. but then other times i think like a lot of times the stuff that he says i agree with him and it's pretty good i just was like is he a beat reporter or is he not he's like more of like just like a a content guy yeah I, is that like a better way to put it and not to like downplay what he yeah, is no he's he, not really like a beat guy he's more of a content guy but he's lived a pretty cool life where one he wasn't really in you know his actual day job with some other shit before and then he him and cory banky made cheesehead tv what oh, it is right. today but they grew that up, and Nagler actually got a job with the Green Bay Gazette working for the team. Like, he was on the beat. He was, uh, if you know who Cassidy Hill is, who helps cover the team and hosts the podcast with Ryan Wood and Tom Silverstein, she is what Nagler used to be. So he actually got to cover oh, okay. the team officially, officially. And now he's out of New York most of the time, but yep. obviously covers the team, you know, and does Cheesehead TV, yep. which is, yeah, pretty impressive what they've grown that into, obviously. That is it's impressive. Like, yeah. Um, God, we're all over the place, though. Jordan Love, uh, I don't like Peter Bukowski. Uh, but yeah, he's up and down, but those clips, they get you excited. You know, it's still, it's hard. A training camp clip. I mean, that's what it is. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, that's exciting. Yeah, it's it really is just the clips and hearing some things of these nice throws. Uh, they, they've been ending practice on offense with either the two-minute drills or red zone periods. And they've been doing this thing that apparently Devondre Campbell and I think Jair came up with for after practice. If you, whoever the winner is, the losers have to do like pushups or something. And the offense has been, has done pushups after every practice thus far. So not good. They've lost all the red zone and two minute drill things. Um, Something I did like to see from Jordan Love today, he actually said when it was brought up that they've lost all those periods, he said it sucks when we have days where we're just not putting it together and obviously there wasn't a lot of juice out there from us. He said some other things too, but it was nice to see him not just push off the offense sucking, which I could see you know a young quarterback potentially doing. So like seeing that, the biggest thing for me with these clips and all this good, you know, I would say mostly positive news because usually it was always... You know, like this first training camp, they said how bad he was. Um, mm-hmm. His release <clears throat> seems to be substantially 
better. Last year, it seems like it was the footwork is what they mostly worked on with him. And now the release, like that Christian Watson ball, like that was, you know, 50 yards, whatever in the air. And it was a very popped off his hand, very quick release, which is kind of the biggest outside of the interceptions, but the biggest inaccuracy issues <laughs> was the slow release that he had. So with that, um, you know, coming to fruition here, that's something else that I'm getting excited about. And even, I don't know if you saw the other play, the uh, the uh, run option or whatever, where he threw that slant to Watson. That was another one I where not. he just, just fucking slung it. So that's been nice to see. Um, one other thing I thought of, I saw this stat. Between Favre, Rodgers, and Jordan Love, Jordan Love has the best chance to win like the most Super Bowls of that group. Favre can't win anymore. Rodgers is only playing three more years. So Jordan Love has the potential to win more Super Bowls than both of those guys. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, I guess sure if you're doing the math. Yeah, you can. But, you can only look at the math. But I guess we would say, you know, like like my kids have more potential <laughs> than. Yeah, you know. I unfortunately, well, you know, th- it's the chances of them getting into the NFL too. I mean, you could say it's true. They're not in the NFL yet. <laughs> Yes. Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, <laughs> that means nothing. Don't, don't answer that. Please don't answer <laughs> that. No. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, something else, Peyton Manning was at practice yesterday, too. That was yeah. kind of interesting. Obviously, I haven't watched the quarterback uh, which show he's, on Netflix. Okay, that's which, what I was going to say. They said he wasn't recording for that. Yes. But kind of feels like maybe... He yeah, because I, I put the quote so. out there because Jordan Love denied that it was, that it that he was recording that or something like that. But then today at the presser with Matt LaFleur, the media asked him about it and he, uh, Peyton apparently addressed the, the team after practice and all that. And they were asking mm. him why he was in town and Matt was being kind of coy, but then he did say something that, uh, he said, you're going to have to talk to Jason and those guys about that and said, that's a good question for Mark Murphy when talking about why he was in town. So it does seem like, there's going to be some production aspect coming from Peyton Manning's Omaha production company for the Packers, right. either this training camp or this year. So I wouldn't be surprised because, like I said, the question was, are you going to talk to Jordan Love? Or are you going to be part of the quarterback show? Maybe they're making a different show for him or they're doing one. It could be something completely separate yeah. or whatever, but so, still a production through Peyton Manning. Or right. Whatever. Sounds like something's going on there. So it'll be interesting sure. to see what, if anything, comes of that. Um one other thing, I just want to get ahead of everyone else on this because uh, it's going to be a big story when it happens. Uh, Jordan Love is going to be a captain for the Green Bay Packers this year. Okay. If for you're, no- you're saying this like you have inside knowledge of this? I I say this because my brain works properly, I think. So last year Ooh. they had three. Okay, everyone else is a dummy. <laughs> well, nobody else has thought about it left I, I, yet. I'm just, you know, beating everyone to yeah, the punch. Probably true. So... Uh, like last year, they had three captains on defense, three captains on offense. Yep. Who's going to be captains on this offense? One. Well, that's a, Dave. It, well, that's the thing. It's Aaron Jones. I don't even know if Dave gets voted captain because of some of the things he said this offseason. And, you know, if there's anyone on this team that has the potential to get traded, I think it would be David Bakhtiari. Yeah. Uh, you chagrined when I said that. Well, I just, yeah. I mean, Dave, the stuff he said about bashing the media team for one and then all the stuff he said about the rebuild is that like that what you're getting at too like about the stuff he said if there's anyone disgruntled on this team it's david bakhtiari 
It's for sure, Dave. And Dave, because and, and I don't know if it's like I've been wondering if it's because his best friend got traded away mm-hmm. or like he's mad at the organization because of that. But like the stuff he's been saying, I'm just like, dude, like, yeah, like we get it. You're upset. Yeah. But like also he... <sighs> I just am more like I just think it's not a great look, no, I guess. No, at the end no. of the day, I'm just like, I get it. Like, he, it's annoying. He but it's did, like, hey, man, you're in the public eye. Like, yeah. He did quote tweet them today. The Packers tweeted something like, uh, biking is a good thing to do in August. I think it's a Taylor Swift reference. And he quote tweeted that and said that was good. But even like the other day, um, you know, the media team had a, a little fun video of all the players coming into the facility. And the question was, what did you do this summer? And Dave like looked at it and said, like, hung out with my daughter. Goodbye. And then he kept walking. It's like, you're not helping the social media team by being kind of a dick bag in this cute little video they're doing. Like, I understand it's not the most creative. Do, do thing, we really but... think the Packers have the worst? The worst? No, no. They that's don't the have thing. the worst. For, for those who don't know, there was also a ranking that came out for all I the social that. media accounts. The Packers were ranked 32nd. I would say this. I know they're better than the Bears because one, the Bears suck. <laughs> and two, they don't do anything cool. And three, there's been multiple times just this offseason <laughs> where they tweet something and they delete it. They put out this video from like really? the GM. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was like if you were watch it was like a knockoff like build up of, you know, the RAS score, you know, the relative athletic score. Well, they had their sure. own score. It was like rad or something and they were breaking it down. It was like a 5-minute video like showing how they sc- how they were scouting things. They deleted Just like- it. They like satire? It with, like it was a no, joke? It was or like real. That's actually it, what, it was real oh. about how they're looking for athletes. This is like before the draft. And within 24 hours, they deleted it. So I would rather be conservative with what the team is tweeting rather than putting out stupid shit that you're going to get <clears throat> dunked on later for like the Bears. So I think too, like I think there's some media teams out there that are pretty funny. And yes. like, I guess I would not classify the Packers under funny. No. Or or trendy or whatever, but no. like they're not the worst. No, like, there's I, gotta be worse teams out there. That's where I'm at too. They well, they're in the middle of the road. Whatever, like they're not they're not super funny, but they're not the Bears. Well, I mean, we we saw what was funny last week. I have it under uh, outside linebackers, but you see that they wished uh, Jonathan Garvin happy birthday, and, and then they, they cut him. Cut him. I was I, I couldn't find a good way to put it out there, but I'm like. Ooh, but you know who's happy about that? Invisalign. That sponsorship deal they have for the smile, it's your birthday, and Invisalign under there, the impressions that they had on oh, that tweet before. Sh- I think oh, they that's deleted a good it, point. But they had, you know, a hundred times as many eyeballs on that happy birthday post than they usually do on those. So I don't know. Stay woke. Is... Maybe maybe they did it on purpose to pump up uh, clicks on, on their tweets for yeah, Invisalign. Yeah, we'll, we'll cash in your pocket. Invisalign just uh, called Mark Murphy and was like, hey, you got to you gotta do something here with our happy birthday ads. Revenue's down this month. Um, Mark's like, uh, Jonathan Garvin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but either way, um, the offense, who else would be captain? I would think it's Aaron Jones, Jordan Love, maybe David Bakhtari, maybe Elton Jenkins, potentially Christian Watson. Um Coach LaFleur has said a lot of good things about him, and he seems to be well-respected, but... Smartest smartest player ever? Smartest wide receiver, or pl- one of the smartest oh, players he said receiver. he's been around. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying there's so much, you know, who else could it really be the captains <laughs> on offense? I that's, don't know. That's why it's going to happen. Um, moving on, speaking of throwing the ball wide outs, Dobbs and Watson have 
seemingly been the top two guys in training camp. Like we said, Watson's caught a lot of deep balls. He's had some issues with drops, which is kind of standard mm-hmm. with him. Rob Domofsky yep. put out a um, article today, too, talking about Watson and his rookie year and what he did in the offseason. Apparently, he got, what was it? Was it the first two weeks or like right after the season was over? He kept training for two more weeks hard and like bought a jugs machine and everything for his backyard. So he was practicing catching the ball. He still had a couple drops this training camp. Yep. So I'm sure that'll be a thing. Uh, he did a backflip today. That was kind of cool. Did you see that video? I did not. No, he did a backflip today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on at practice. They must have been in the middle of a drill, but he just walked up to the bleachers where the fans were like pointed at all of them. They started cheering, and then he just does a backflip and then walks back in the line. It's like must be nice. Yeah, free entertainment. Might as well, you know, do backflips if uh, if uh, I don't know you're in front of the crowd of people. I I don't know. That seems to be a signature move now too. I wonder how many times we're going to see him backflip. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's a little bit showboatish for those of us who can't do a backflip. But if you can do one, I can see why you would like to show everybody how athletic you are. I just, so. I just hope we never get that uh, news blurb of oh, failed, <laughs> failed black backflip from Christian. Born ACL yeah. backflip, broken yeah. neck. Yeah, uh, Jaden Reed has been getting the majority of the snaps out of the slot. It, it seems to be really the top four guys of Dobbs, Watson, Jaden Reed, and uh, Samari Ture. After that, do we think that the read, I feel like this happens in training camp a lot where our young, fun wideout that we all think is going to be really mm-hmm. good. It, these are getting snaps and everything. And all of a sudden it's like September and it's like, where'd they go? Like, I, just, that happens. Like it frequently, I feel like that happens, but I think it's literally impossible to happen this year because there just isn't <laughs> there's nobody else. To there isn't the anyone to. else. Cause like I was getting, do you at, think it was an Aaron Rodgers thing? The, well, partially, but you still look at last year and partially. The, the top three guys were Cobb, Sammy Watkins, and Alan Lazard, you know, and then the young guys after that. And now you look at this year and it's two guys up top who are still yeah. very young. So everything is still a lot more. And as uh, Matt LaFleur has said it, uh, not flexible. Fuck. What's the other? What's the other word? I don't know what you're trying to say. <sighs> Another word for flexible um, in motion. Malleable. Um, we'll get it. We'll get it at some point. We will get this word. But uh, either way, there's just so many open roster spots and open spots on this offense. Sure. Fluid, fluid. That's exactly what it is. Ah, thank okay. you. There we go. Um, but to the fact that Malik Heath seems to be the fifth wideout right now, the undrafted free agent out of Old Miss. He was making name or uh, making a name for himself during mini camp really? and OTAs as well. Yes. So out of Old Miss, and he, I think Jason Wilde talked about this, but uh, yeah, Malik Heath was talking about. He literally said that he was stupid in college. He got a Dewey and crashed. Um, he said he has a kid now, so he's kind of smarted up. But he he said if I wasn't stupid in college, I would have been drafted, which apparently seems to be the case because he's you know even with pads on before pads went on, people mm-hmm. were talking about Malik Heath. And now with Grant DeBose, the seventh-round pick out of Charlotte, who hasn't practiced, I think, at all since joining the team. And and Duntavian Wicks, the sixth-round pick out of Virginia. There's spots freeing up where I feel better about Malik Heath making this roster now than even Grant DeBose, who hasn't, you know, been able to get on the field. Uh, DeBose is on the NFI, though, right? 
He's he's on one of them, either the NFI or PUP. He's one of those lists, so he doesn't count right. against the ninety man roster right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the team cut Jeff Cotton earlier in the week. He was the oldest wideout on the team, the second year player who was twenty six years old. But they picked up a player named Cody Crest, who's a rookie out of Harvard and some other little dinky school. He he has played like like five years of college football or something. His, fa- his family is from Wisconsin. He's actually a stockholder, and he was in, uh, where was he, Port Wing up north when he got the phone call that the Packers wanted him to come really? in for for a workout. Yeah. He said that his, fa- his family was, like, crying when he was going in for the workout, and then he, you know, he got signed and apparently is already making a name for himself. His first practice was today, and Jason Wildey said that he had one of the best catches he's ever seen in training camp and Andy Herman said the same thing that it was just an unbelievable unbelievable one-handed catch he's a total ras superstar too so we'll have to see if oh, he, he is yeah oh that's interesting so we'll see you know like i said with debose and wicks getting hurt um oh this college is sam houston yeah so, sam houston state yeah so i, I interesting. don't remember if that was the first school or second school he played at but yeah we'll see he's a little twitchy yep. guy four so. four seasons at harvard and then played for sam houston state how wait how does this work yeah i, I said five years but it's even more than that it's more than that he, 2016 <laughs> to 2019 at harvard so four years there 2020 to 2022 at sam houston state this guy's been playing football for seven <laughs> years in college. Yeah, he's like uh, Sean Clifford. Just have him and Sean Clifford. They're like uh, 26-year-old rookies. How, how do you do that? How old is he? Um, Does it say here? He's got to be 40. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it we, didn't say his age, we replaced but... one old uh, second-year wideout with a seemingly same-age first-year wideout undrafted guy, but yeah, a lot of things up in the air at the wide receiver position. So we'll see. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know you could play that many years in college. I thought you had four years of eligibility. Well, it probably had to do with COVID. I'm sure COVID fucked some of that up and he got a year or two extra. Three. Yeah, right. <laughs> apparently. Uh, tight ends. Luke Musgrave has been the guy running with the one still. Um Tucker Craft has sprung him a couple times, but he seems to be more of the blocking guy, too. It seems like they're rotating DeGuara and Craft with the starters when they're in 12 personnel. Um, but Musgrave, too, he struggled with drops a little bit, but uh, word is that they like the way he's catching it because he's plucking oh. it out of the air. That's what some people have said. Uh, Do they like the way he drops it? Is it a productive drop? Well, you're right. That's the thing, because I'm trying to remember what Rodgers has said in the past about you know body catchers. So he's not... That's fair. He's no, it's a fair comment. Hands. Yeah. No, that's fair. I just, Obviously. I just, when somebody's having drops and like, well, but we really like the way he catches it. Like, <laughs> right. Well, you really like the way anybody catches it. Well, so. it's, it's like the worst day Jordan Love has had where he had a couple uh, deep balls that totally got lost in the wind and they were ducks. Like the reporters yeah. the next day, they were like, hey, it was pretty windy out there. Was the wind affecting it? And Jordan Love was like, what? No, like you you have to throw the ball well. And LaFleur did the same thing too. So it was nice to see them push back. It's been weird to see some of these questions and some of the local guys, the news guys. It's like you can tell they're they almost read social media too much and play into that with their questions. Cause it's like, 
What are you asking? Like you think they're like kind of like buttering him up a little bit? Like well, oh, get like just tossing him like I don't know. There's... Oh, it was really windy. Sorry, it was so windy for you. There's this one. Was it windy? There's one <laughs> local guy. Yeah, there's one local guy who asks the worst questions. If you ever, and it happened last year with Rogers, but you can see Matt too. If you see him like laugh at the beginning of the question or say I don't know what you mean, and then kind of give his own answer, it's usually the same kind of. I don't know, high-pitched local news guy, and they're just terrible, terrible questions. I think it's just me because I'm jealous that they have, you know, that type of access to the team, and I'm like, why are you wasting their time with these dumbass questions? Someone, them, yeah. someone today was talking to Jordan Love and was like, oh, did you see there was a, a list on social media that puts you tiered as, like, the 26th-ranked quarterback? Like, like, how does social media play into, like, how do you move past that? Or is that, like, bulletin board material? And it's like, Shut the fuck up, dude. And Jordan Love said something like, yeah, I don't go on social media during the season. And I don't know. I just, people need to be better. Yeah, I would say that that's not a productive question. Like, you're not really <laughs> getting, you're not getting nothing. What do you, I guess I would ask, like, if you were asking that person, be like, what do you think their answer would be? Exactly. And they don't think, they don't always think of what type of answer they're going to get or even what... I don't know. I wish I had better examples to have some of the dumb fucking questions. Well, it's like the same guy asked Matt LaFleur if he's excited to run his own offense this year. It's like, dude, oh, have you not yeah, paid attention to him answer this question three right. previous times? during? OTAs I was going to say that question's been out there over and over and over again. Yes. He's answered it the same way every single time. Exactly. That's what's frustrating is you're asking questions that have already been asked. And I'm in fucking Minnesota, and I know that you're asking these same questions. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Tight ends, Jose deguara has been getting some snaps, too. He did line up a couple times with the fullbacks or in drills with the fullbacks. And I'm not an expert, but I feel like last year when we ran the ball with Josiah lead blocking, they were just better running plays or more successful running plays. I don't even know if he's that great of a blocker, but at least out of that formation with a fullback, we seem to be better running the ball. So it seems to be more in the mix so far. Um, Tyler Davis has apparently been the best blocker of the bunch during training camp. According to Luke Musgrave, he said he's learned about blocking really? from him. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of, you know, like the captain thing with Jordan Love. Like, who else is going to show him from that tight end room? You know, it's not like... Yeah, I guess it's fair. I mean, I guess of the of the tight ends in the room, Yes. I guess if Tyler Davis is best... Sure, I guess I I buy it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I can name another one. McDonald was the only other tight end I could remember, and they cut him today. So, yeah. Well, I guess I'm more surprised that, like, Tyler Davis... Wait, are you saying Tyler Davis is better blocker in the room than I, DeGuara? I would say DeGuara would be my guess. Nope. Tyler, da Tyler Davis apparently is the one. They've also used Tyler Davis more on um, punt protection and kick protection teams, too. So he seems to be... Huh? decent at that uh the only other note for tight ends and i was texting you <laughs> we'll uh <laughs> the, the clips yeah so tucker craft is going to be hilarious here i'll throw in like just one line you should throw in yeah i'll throw in the one question i sent you todd of his answer to like you know how is it getting or learning the offense and working with um luke musgrave in the day like we're teammates um we're friends. Luke and I get along great, um, and I mean we're we're just guys in the same room. Yeah, we're we're competing, but I mean you just gotta think think of the Green Bay Packers as a concept. Like we're gonna run the ball to tight end, and we're gonna send any tight end either direction. Like there, there's just such a versatile offense. 
I mean, I'm not really worried about anything like that. So with him, it's he's very Michael Scotty in these interviews. It was the same thing when he got drafted, where he just starts talking, and oh, there's the- detours, and then he comes back like he. You know, at points he said, you know, the Packers as a concept. Like he said that being serious in his interview the other day too, and just I I'm expecting him at some point to say, you know, we're just guys being dudes out there. Like just the way he talks to me, he's just a hilarious. guy. Like he, oh, I think like like you said the Michael Scott thing, the famous Michael Scott Michael Scott quote of like sometimes I start a sentence right. and I have no idea where it's gonna go and I just figure it out along the way. Like that's, I mean, it that is like what it is. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it that is Tucker Craft. So I'm very excited to see his career blossom in that way, if nothing else. Um, running backs, not a ton of news. You know, only two days in pads so far but it does sound like Tyler Goodson has made the biggest name for himself outside of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon um he's been used in that Tyler Irvin role it sounded like and uh last year being a rookie this is usually the case he struggled in pass protection that seems to have improved so it's sounding like once again with pads coming on Lou Nichols people are talking about him today as well the seventh round draft pick uh, it seems My like it, it seems like it's kind of a competition between those two. I haven't heard much from uh, Patrick Taylor, who's kind of been on the team the last three years. So we'll see what yep. happens. That's always a, one of the more fun training camp battles to watch in the preseason games, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Lou is going to wipe everybody off the board, including AJ <laughs> Dillon. So it doesn't really matter, but I did like his answer when they were doing the cute little thing where, what did you do this off season where David Bakhtiari said to hang out with his daughter. He said, uh, like looking at the playbook or reading the playbooks. I was like, there you go. Always. If, if you're not actually studying, you should at least give off the impression that you you are. You should at least say you are (laughs) when everybody else is saying they were out partying. Yeah. Uh, Offensive line. This has probably been the most interesting, once again, to bring back the word from last week, the most interesting uh, battle or overall what's going on on this offense. All over the place, I had started writing this outline for the pod last night. I had to change some things after today's practice where we had been talking about it for over a year now and finally it happened. Zach Tom got his first snaps at center with the starting offensive line. Uh, Yash Nyman was at right tackle. Josh Myers got moved to the second team. But before that, it was all Zach Tom and Yash Nyman going back and forth at right tackle. Zach Tom seemingly being ahead. He seemed to start just about every day at right tackle. And then Yash would rotate at left left tackle with Dave, who's once again on a pitch count with his knee. Still working through that. That seems to be something that's always going to be going on. But either way, um, nice to see some change or at least putting guys on notice on the offensive line. Not just that, but Royce Newman has had some snaps at right guard with the starters. So they've been moving guys around. Even my, my boy, Sean Ryan, he had a big day. He was five and oh in one-on-ones after I gave him the bold oh. prediction last week. So we'll see. And you know, I would one-on-ones are always interesting to me though. Like, I feel like, the, uh, the old line is kind of screwed on one-on-ones. So when you do have a guy that goes, it's actually pretty interesting on the offensive side. On the defensive yeah. side, I, I think I give them less credit Yes. on the defensive side. But when you have a guy on the offense that goes 5-0 on one-on-ones, I feel like that actually is something to, to look at. Yes, and that's something I remember early on with Yash Nyman because we didn't know, you know hardly anything about the dude. 
just that he's huge. Just that he was huge. But then we saw him, uh, he was always winning like his one-on-ones. He was consistently winning his one-on-ones um, those first couple training camps. And it was like, this dude who's the undrafted guy is like playing that well. It was kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. So nice to see that from uh, Sean Ryan. But at the same time, too, to what we started with there with Zach Tom is Josh Myers has not only kind of, you know, his first snaps with the backups today, but he has been struggling too. You're saying in those same one-on-ones, the defensive linemen usually have an advantage. Yeah. When you read about TJ Slayton blowing someone else or uh, uh, Devontae Wyatt, it's been against Josh Myers. So he hasn't been doing ah. too well in those drills. But like I said, either way, nice to see some change or some competition going on pretty much from center to the right side of that offensive line. Yeah, it's interesting to see Zach Tom get in the middle. We kind of thought even last year, just thinking like he could probably plug and play at the center position. And it's interesting to see him go there. Be, I mean, we'll see what happens with it. And with Josh being such a big dude, it was kind of a fun idea to have him at center. But I think, and Zach's a big guy too, but it just felt like, I mean, even Rogers said last year too, he's like, I've never had a center this big, right? right? Like never had a guy. He's like, this guy's like a tackle in the middle of the field. Like it's kind of weird. It was like a fun idea to be like, oh, we're, we got a mauler inside, but it just doesn't really seem like it's panned out and maybe it's a scheme who knows, but like, yeah, I don't know. It seems like it'd be great to get Tom inside Yash outside. It seems like kind of the ideal line. Yeah. It'll be, once again, it'll be interesting to see. And something that Rogers talked about was Myers, you know, he Myers always snaps it to the left and he's had issues snapping. We heard last year, I think, against the Patriots, he was yelling at Josh to snap the ball. Um, Josh even said this offseason yeah. that Rodgers helped him a lot and was able to correct some negative things, you know, some pre-snap calls that he wouldn't have otherwise seen. So he's kind of been, you know, last year was his rookie year. They were kind of saying for how much he was hurt his actual rookie year. So... I don't know. I'm excited to see what plays out on that starting offensive line because I wouldn't be surprised. You know, they always talk about getting the best five on the field. If we ended up with, from left to right, Dave, Elton, Elton. Tom, and then Myers or Sean Ryan keeps it up or, you know, John Running Jr. and then Yash at right tackle. I think that's a pretty good offensive line. I'm wondering if Tom is going to establish himself at center here. Yash being the tackle is going to establish himself at right tackle. And then there's just a fucking battle with Josh Back Myers, right guard. John Runyon, and if Sean Ryan keeps it up right there. I just which... feel like Runyon's been so cons- – I mean, when he's been in there, he's consistent. Yes, absolutely. And, like, that's really what you want from your guards. Yeah, it's so... – I, I think it's just going to be a battle, if nothing else, just to get another crack with this talent that you have in Josh Myers and Sean Ryan who were, you know, drafted a couple rounds before John Runyon. And I mean, also too, like Josh in college was a guard, correct? Yes, that's what I'm saying. He's still so, listed as a center I mean, and guard. Maybe that's, I mean, maybe that's just it. Maybe he, maybe that the, maybe the the, the crack in his armor is being at a, a spot where he's got to snap the ball. Right. I mean, maybe that is the problem. And I think centers, centers make a lot of the protection calls. Is right. that correct yes. too? Yes. So like maybe, I mean, maybe at guard he would really do a lot better because he's a big athletic guy. And and actually moves well too. I mean, so it'd be interesting to see in a pulling guard situation. Not that we run a whole lot of those, but like that's kind of a fun thing to get a guy that big pulling and moving. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. And right, because that 
you'd like to keep that same, especially with, you know, guys on the line like Yash Nyman, who's a freak. Right. And if Caleb Jones ever gets in there, who's 6'9". But I think the kind of depth where seemingly, and this is all just still training camp shit, but these were guys who had some hype going into their drafts because, you know, Caleb Jones, Bill Huber said yesterday that Caleb Jones has in his eyes, already locked up a spot. And Bill isn't someone who usually says that, but just watching him play, it's like this is a NFL offensive lineman. So I do wonder, and the Packers in the last week, we have um, we claimed a guy from the Colts and we signed a center today. It seems like they're looking at that center position, like they don't feel good about the inside of their offensive line, but they feel pretty good about tackle with Luke Tenuta, the guy who they picked up last year, who's a six eight dude and has apparently looked good. And then Caleb Jones now. And then there's also Rashid Walker. I was going to say, is anybody talking too. about Rashid Walker as being a factor in this? Nagler mentioned uh, today that Rashid Walker looked good, whatever that means, but he's more of a tackle. That That's what I'm saying, where we picked up these centers and we're having this battle kind of at right guard because our depth right now is at tackle with Caleb Jones, Rashid Walker and Luke Tunut, who I believe all are only tackles. So we'll see what happens yeah. there. Um, Jake Hansen got hurt too. That's probably why we brought in a center. He's mostly played center in his, I think in his only start in the league. He was he center or right guard. I don't remember at this point. Are you but, talking about uh, the guy that we brought in? No, no. Uh, Jake, Jake Hansen. Oh, just, Oh yeah. yeah I think, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, moving on to defense. Starting things off, Razul Douglas, who said a lot of fun things, notable things during the offseason. He said something I found pretty interesting uh, last week, or maybe I think it was Saturday. So we're going to play this clip of Razul Douglas talking about the changes on the defense this year. I think we're all on the same page. Uh, we had a meeting with Joe B, and he came in there and he said, we all don't know it. Um, and we want you guys to communicate what you guys want to kind of do. Um, and we basically just told them we want to be aggressive. We want to be up close in guys' face, and we want to challenge guys and make those tight. And so far, that's what he's doing. Who kind of led that meeting? Huh? Who that meeting? Uh, he did. After the season, he, he met with all of us individually, and then we met together. So I uh, that obviously caught my eye because it sounds like Joe Barry has, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say he's righted his wrong, but he's given up us enough optimism going into the season where at least we, I mean, I still don't want him to be the defensive coordinator, but if we look good week one, I'll feel pretty good. And just saying that you're actually going to be aggressive, I don't know what that actually turns into, but. You know, to say that you want to be playing closer to guys and the fact that Joe Barry went to the players and said, hey, we don't know what you guys want to do. Tell us. That was nice to see that he's at least admitting that he's willing to change. Um, yeah. So I so I think the things that Joe Barry is doing wrong are correctable. I I do. So it's, it's like it's, it's good, right? Like, I think the things that we're hearing are good. Mm hmm. I just am still like, okay, like if you have to go to the players and be like, hey, what do you guys want to do? <laughs> like, not, I don't think, <laughs> I just, you know what I mean? I yeah. just, I'm like, I'm like, okay, like Vince Lombardi's not going out to the players and be like, what do you guys want to do? Well, like, you talk about like a strong <laughs> leadership. Unless position, you're talking about like, the QB sneak. 
the uh the ice bowl sleep. Okay, once. Yeah. <laughs> so fine. But like I just said like I don't know. It just and maybe it no. depends more on how that conversation comes across. I like like I said, I hate to put a damper on like these are good things that are happening. Yeah. Press coverage, what we've been asking for, these are correctable things. Like honestly, it's really it's really things that he could correct and actually be halfway decent mm-hmm. at his I mean, well, at I mean, being you look at the second half of last year. And anybody can see it, and I don't know why he can't see it. But so it's great. But also like long term, I just look at going like if you're like if you're like the guy that like goes with the prince, like like what do you guys want to do? It's like, <laughs> well, you're not really a leader then. It's kind of how I feel. And like, anyways, good things. We're hearing good things. Still don't love the Joe Barry thing. Almost makes me feel worse about it long term, but whatever. At least, at least at least we're hopefully won't see 15 yards on third and three. Yeah. Yeah. Like give. So sure. Great. We'll see. I mean, I, fine. Yeah. It, <laughs> I just am not, I'm not buying into Joe Barry, like fixing anything. Right. I guess I like, I feel better about it. It, at least it sounds like we could be trying something new, but again, like you're saying it's Joe Barry, but if nothing else, it's like he was on the hot sheet seat last year. And I think a lot of us thought he was going to get fired. So now it's like, I almost don't care because I know if they don't perform well this year, he will be fired. I pray to God. So, you know, anything good so we get from what him? What if they're good then, though? Well, then he sticks around. We have a good defense, you know. Yeah. I'd rather be wrong about Joe Barry and have a good defense than the other way around. So, but I, I guess I still don't know if the defense is good. It would be because of Joe Barry, but... I don't know. Either way, nice to see that. Uh, Jair said some interesting things too. Uh, he's <laughs> Jair is very much a character, so you can't even really quote him because he everything's a little goofy that he says. But he, <laughs> he one thing he said is that he's been following Christian Watson and that he's you know that he follows ones. So Jason Wilde kind of pressed him on it and was like, "Oh, so you'll be doing that for the next six months?" And Jair was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna do what what I'm what I always do," and it's like. Okay, well, he didn't confirm anything, but it sounds like there will be more shadowing of top receivers from Jair this year, which a lot yeah. of us have been asking for. He also said that it's going to be Strap City um, and that we might as well go ahead and start marketing that right now. So it sounds like more man, more close stuff, more aggression, all that type of shit. So we'll see. Once again, kind of the same all stuff. All good we're, things. Right. Kind of the same stuff we were talking about with uh, Rezul. Stokes still out. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon has been playing in the nickel. He jumped on and did some offensive snaps or offensive drills with uh, the offense, 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 which is the first time that actually happened. It could have been a joke. Uh, I don't know how long he was over there, but he did take a couple. He ran in on a couple drills on offense. That's kind of been hinted at since last year. Keyshawn. Well, first he he kept begging him to put him on punt return, and they did, and then he started begging him to put him on the offense. So, I if if you set the over under at you know point five for snaps mm-hmm. Keyshawn has on offense this year, I would take the over. Like I do think it will happen. Yeah, that would be fun. You you gotta give him a shot. Yeah, I guess we see what he can do with the ball in his hands. Like give him a shot. What's the worst that happens? Right, because the Patriots have that super fast guy too that they I believe is a defensive player yeah. that they swing passes out to and he's just has a different gear than everyone else that's kind of key right shot. if you if you have a guy that's got good vision and can move it's like what's the worst that can happen give him the ball right right and, and even if you put him out there and you don't throw him the ball fine but like if you can get it to him on like a screen pass or like a wide receiver screen or something like that it's like 
yeah, if he can pick up 10 yards, that's 10 yards. It doesn't matter who's getting it. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the secondary and probably one of the bigger, uh, you know, stories out of training camp is Carrington Valentine, the seventh round pick out of Kentucky. He's shown up another guy who he was mentioned a little, little bit during the offseason workouts and mini camp. And he's kept going with it. He had a pick six on Monday of Sean Clifford. Um, only heard good things about him. He makes a couple of plays just about every practice. Uh, I forgot. He had some quote, too, where they asked him about a play he made. And he, like, totally dissected everything that the offense was doing. So it's like, Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's shit, cool. the seventh round player. Like, he's already, he's, like, penciled in as CB4 right now. It took him all of... A month. He just got Sean Clifford just figured out. Like that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Huge for his career. <laughs> but you know, in a month he's made and this is why, you know, we're talking about training oh, camp and cool. shit. You get excited about guys. I've heard more about Carrington Valentine over the last month than I've ever heard of Shamar Jean Charles. You know what I mean? So that's one of those things where sure. you get excited about a guy who's flashing this early like i said it's not too often do you have a seventh round pick you know running with borderline starters or this or you know high end on the second team we have anthony johnson jr who we haven't heard much about you know kind of similar to that a seventh round guy not you know cracking the starting or getting those snaps that are impressing people uh yeah darnell savage and rudy ford have been running with the starters at the safety position they've kind of been mixed in with Tavarius moore and jonathan owens but nothing crazy i don't think there's going to be as much movement there as we originally thought i do think it's probably going to end up being savage to start the year probably rudy Fair. ford and then rotating those other guys in so i don't know yeah see if anything changes over the next couple of weeks but i wouldn't be surprised if it's yeah it's just savage and which is not the worst thing in the world. I mean, he's got some experience. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, some some of what transpired last year helps him. Yeah. Maybe maybe if it's I don't know who knows. Right. Maybe he's a little more focused. Whatever. But we'll see. Still not super excited about the safety position. No. Very. If if we get <laughs> a, if we get C minus play from them this year, I'm fine with that. If we get C, I'm excited. Yeah. You know, they're kind of the weakest link at this point i i think yeah it's tough uh outside linebacker or no inside linebacker will stay in the middle uh quay said he started meditating this off season to get better with the uh ejection things i, I feel so bad for quay he fucks up <laughs> not be ejected from the game he, he fucks up twice and you get these reporters talking to him and they're like hmm quay walker what can i talk to him about oh that's right he got kicked out twice last year so it's like Half the questions seem about that shit. That's too bad. It, yeah, it fucking sucks. Because I think he's going to have a really great year. Haven't heard too much about him uh, with those splash plays rushing. But again, it's only two days and pads so far. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing to note is a lot of people are so... The, the shit, the dialogue with the Aaron Rodgers moving on to love stuff is like... You see so many fans getting excited about things, which is great. But people are like, oh, I'm so happy we're finally going to be throwing in the middle of the field. And I'm like... I don't give a shit where we throw the ball as long as we get first downs. <laughs> but uh, the middle of the field, Quay and Devondre Campbell have gotten their hands on a few balls from Jordan Love. So Love's throwing it more down the middle, but the few interceptions that he has had have come across the middle, which once again, sh uh, it shows you why Rodgers... Which is Rogers, where you throw... Yeah. I mean, that's where you throw your picks is down the middle of the field. There's a sh 
there's a shit ton going on in the middle of the field. Yes, which explains why Aaron Rodgers didn't throw a ton in the middle of the field. And, 100%. And he always was like lowest in the league in picks outside of, you know, last year and a couple other years. But yeah. Right. Uh, outside linebacker, Preston's been the guy with the starters. And it's kind of start a camp. And this is how it usually goes. The veterans, you know, get those early snaps. And then slowly the younger guys get uh, rotated in. So it started off with uh, Justin Hollins. He hasn't been as much with the ones as Lucas Van Ness has of late. The last couple days, he's been getting quite a few snaps with the starters, him and JJ Enigbare. So that's good to see that the you know rookies already getting in Kingsley there. Kingsley Enigbare. Does he go by JJ? He goes by JJ. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. Dummy. Yeah, dumb, dumb. Um, yeah, and Lucas Van Ness, he's another guy too who they were raving about him. He pushed Aguara back like four yards in one of the one-on-one plays and – um, not much else outside for outside linebacker. Uh, Brenton Cox has shown up a little bit, and we cut Jonathan Garvin. So, oh, yeah, on his birthday. On his birthday, unfortunately. Uh, defensive line, Devontae Wyatt's name has came up quite a bit. Once the pads went on, you know, he was a guy who started to flash, which is very good to see. Uh, Nagler was saying he was walking on the sideline, and guys were coming up to him like, hey, did you see... Did you see Wyatt today? Like, apparently one-on-ones, he was just destroying people. So that's good to see. Uh, TJ Slayton threw Josh Myers around. I mentioned that earlier, along with um, Wyatt. They seem to be the guys who are just uh, bullying Josh Myers on those one-on-ones. But either way, that uh, trio of Kenny, Wyatt, and Slayton seem to be penciled in to be the starters, which we kind of already knew. But at yeah, least... Yeah, feels like that's that's what was going to be all along. Yes, and it's good to hear them making some noise. I think with a better offensive line last year, we were feeling good about Jaden Reed in training camp, but that's also when Royce Newman was getting snaps at guard and Josh. Yeah. You have to look at the competition. Josh Myers was still playing center. So probably impressive because you're going up against subpar, you know, talent at, at the defensive line there. It definitely factors in, right? Especially when you're talking about those one-on-ones, if you got somebody who's just a sieve, yeah, and you get to go up against him every day. It's like, yeah, that's going to make you feel pretty good. Yeah, troublesome at times too. Uh, other than that, the, the defensive line—they've just said how fast they look during training camp. Again, only oh. two days of pads, but uh, Kobe Wooden's name has came up a few times. So we'll see if any of those guys make oh, much yeah. of a name for themselves during preseason here. Uh, special teams—the most important stuff. Andres Carlson, he was having a pretty solid camp until the last couple days. He went two or he went one for six on Saturday on field goals. Oh, I thought it was like two for seven. No, I don't wrong. know. Who cares? One for six. He missed a lot. Missed a lot. Uh, they were all over 40 yards. He then went four for six on Tuesday. He did make a 52 yarder, but then also for the second or third team offense, their two minute drill, he had a 52 yarder that would have been a game winning field goal in their scenario. He missed it, so not good. Um, I wonder what kind of leash he'll be on. Obviously, he's a Carlson, and they talked about potentially bringing Mason Crosby back, or at least Rich said that door is completely closed. But this is also coming from the guy who stuck with Amari Rodgers for eight games at punt returner. So it'll. I'm curious to see what kind of leash he is on during the season, but they have raved about how big his leg is, how strong his leg is. So we'll see there. Um, Outside of that, you know, it's just pretty much the battle at the punting position. Whelan, I forgot who said this, but they said he clearly has the stronger leg than O'Donnell. 
and he's huge. Like he is a big, thick dude and doesn't even really look like a punter. Um, but they're saying if it was just punting, there would be that potential that he would beat out O'Donnell. But it does make you think back to having the rookie uh, kicker. Pat O'Donnell is a very, very good holder. He was great last year holding, which after the previous year with Corey Bohorquist, we kind of learned about what bad holding can do if you want to watch that Bengals game again. Um, so I would think they still stick with O'Donnell with Andres Carlson being our kicker, but we'll see. Long training camp ahead. So, yeah. They're both big. Yeah. they're uh, Wheeling at 6'5", uh-huh. 216. And then you've got... Uh, O'Donnell at 6'4", 220. They're big. So I think Cassidy big guys. I think Cassidy Hill made the joke this week, too, that they'd be a good three-on-three team. Like, they would have the best specialist three-on-three <laughs> team in the league because they're so tall. It's probably, it's probably true. Yeah, I don't know how big the long snapper is. I still haven't memorized his name yet, which I feel bad about because uh, we're the number one Orzich? long snapper. Yeah, Orzich. How big is he? He's 6'3", 245. I mean, he's not a small guy. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good for a long snapper, I, I guess. But... Uh, yeah, uh, Hatcher is uh, BR Hatcher is six four two forty two. The rookie long snapper. Yeah. Well, there yep. you go. You got to go. If we're going by RAS scores here and just pure athletes, if, yeah. <laughs> we don't know how fast they are, but we're going by <laughs> height and weight. But uh, yeah, that's about all I had for notes uh, so far. What uh, anything I didn't cover? Anything that you've been excited about with this training camp, or what you're looking forward to here? I think I think it's nothing that you didn't talk about or we didn't talk about, but like the, I do think having a little bit of positivity around Jordan Love really makes me more excited just because of the importance of the position. Yeah, I think as maybe negative as I came off as about, about the Joe Barry thing, I would be super excited to see those corners play tight. Like yeah. that, yeah. that does make me really excited. Like again, still not really buying into Joe Barry, but like I think that like. If if you showed me a, a preseason game where they went out there and they just played tight mm-hmm. against and they just you know even if even if it's not always successful yeah but like at least show that we're gonna play aggressive like that makes me feel good about this defense yep. and it would give me maybe a little bit of like it just gives you a little bit of spark gives that team a spark because this offense is gonna need some help. Yeah, this offense is not going to go out there, especially early. Put up on. a bunch of points. They're going to throw some picks. They're going to drop the ball. They're going to fumble it. Like it, there's going to be some rough patches this year, and and so that defense being supportive is is going to be necessary. So I don't know. Like the, the, the things I'm excited about, I think are the things that everybody's excited about. Now it's nothing crazy. It's just like let's get some aggression out there on defense. Jordan loves throwing the ball well. Great. Like, I don't know. That's exciting to me. So yeah. just having good play. <laughs> I think I was a little bit nervous on the Jordan Love end. And then same thing. We've all been down on the on the Joe Barry secondary yeah. has been garbage. And, you know, Jordan Love has struggled a bit, but defense usually outplays the offense in training camp. You know, last year, I, Rodgers yeah. didn't have a super great training camp going into that year, too. So, and I, like I said, I'm kind of a Jordan Love doubter if you're gonna pig me one way or the other but I've been excited hearing what I've heard and the other thing that we haven't talked about with him well we probably did last week but god no one could have handled the situation better and hearing the way he talks in the media hard not to root for the guy too very excited like any every answer he gives I'm either like that's a good answer or okay he's a young kid nothing nothing has been too 
too dumb and or I think, mis- misquoted or bad, I guess. To be clear, it's not that we don't like Jordan Love. Uh, it's just that necessarily... I don't know. He came for our hero. I just, I just think <laughs> He picked that, the Packers. I just think that sometimes, like, people are really quick to move off of Aaron Rodgers. That was my thing. Like, when yeah. we talked about it when he got traded and stuff, it's like, I just wasn't super quick to shoo out a Hall of Famer. Right. Like that was more my thing, and and then the not really positive things we were hearing about Jordan Love in the in the past. Yeah. But anyways, we're all rooting for him. Yeah. Like I would freaking love. I would love nothing more than for Jordan Love to come out slinging it. Yeah. And just like be what BJ Coleman wanted to be, right? <laughs> yeah, be- like channel your inner BJ and go out there and be the best draft pick that the Packers have ever had. So what would that be? B W B B J W B B one B make a shirt. No, yeah, that would sell out. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. And you were talking there a little bit about Jay or two. I'll touch on this. He did say that he was guilty of um, his alignment being off and backing off the line himself, which was kind of I was odd. surprised. Yeah, it was. I was surprised to hear that. It was odd to hear him say that, but it does bring you back to. And he said he has to correct that. And Wildy talked about this today, and we talked about it a shit ton, was Jerry Gray and that kind of battle, inner battle going on with Jerry Gray and um, Joe Barry, and now Jerry Gray, who was the most respected coach on the team, the secondary coach, is now with the Falcons as their assistant head coach. And he could have stayed with the Packers, but he elected to leave because he did not like the way things were being done in Green Bay. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we were touching on it there a little bit, moving on from, a, you know, a legend too soon. We can end on this, but a little late on it, but it was still a pretty big story. Aaron Rodgers taking a pay cut with the Jets. He was scheduled to make something like $100 million over the next two years from the Jets. He took like a $33, $35 million pay cut. I know I'm not giving you a ton or all the background there, but what are your thoughts on, or what, what did you think when you saw the news that he was taking a pay cut? I don't know that I was super surprised. I think, I think Nagler had the correct take on this. Yes. He, and I, so I think what, if I can summarize Nagler's take, it was that when the Packers drafted Jordan Love, he was like, fuck you. I'll take the money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the summary of it. And I like, I honestly, like, I don't fault the guy. Yeah. Like if you're drafting my replacement, all right, pay me. And now he's going to try and win a ring somewhere, take a pay cut, whatever. Like, I mean, like, obviously I wish he would have done it for us, but like, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, like, I don't Mm -hmm. like get paid, dude, like get, get your money. Like, so I don't really feel bad about it. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I know there's I mean, there's even people in my own life who have decided to move on to other places for mo- more money, even though they could have potentially mm-hmm. been more happy if they just stayed where they were. It happens. It happens. Right? It happens to a bunch of people. But yeah, it's and again, and what Nagler was kind of talking about, too, um, is why would you take less money when the team is going to build for the future. When you draft a quarterback, you're obviously looking to the future there. You can't trust that if you're taking a pay cut, that money is going to something that you would like it to be spent on. Even cutting Jordy, one of the first moves that Goody did, I think that was a pretty clear you know, message being sent as well, where that was one of Roger's dudes and kind of tough to 
rehabilitate that. It'll be interesting. The quote that Rogers had after it is that he sees how at the tra- trade deadline, especially last year, because it did sound like he was in on the conversation a little bit more. Like it sounded like we, well, we were very close to getting DJ more from the Panthers then, but yeah. he said how at the trade deadline, that a lot of things open up. So you do wonder if he's taking this pay cut to potentially acquire David Bakhtiari, or even people are rumoring, rumoring, that uh, Devontae Adams could potentially get traded to the Jets, which that one seems outrageous, but fuck, it would be, it'd be so weird being a Packer fan. Like I know we're not supposed to root for other teams, but if, if, if we're never playing each other, it would be what you want to lose. Ugh, it's like you either want the, the Jets to be really bad this year. So our draft picks better, or it's like, Oh shit. What's the difference, you know, and we learned that from always being picking in the late 20s. What's the difference between picking 24 and 32 if it's the Jets, you know? Right. But you know what would make me really mad is if Dave got traded and then his knee was fine. <laughs> he practiced. I'd be he so doesn't, upset. He doesn't miss another practice. <laughs> I'd be so mad. Because yeah, be- we waited for him for so long. <laughs> I just like, oh. They trade for Devontae and Devontae takes a pay cut too after demanding Hopkins oh. money. <laughs> yeah. That would be the worst. Yeah, but that would almost be yeah, that would actually be the worst. If Devontae takes a pay cup, yeah. Dave doesn't miss a single practice for the rest of his career. Oh. Like I would just that would hurt. It would be I don't know. It would be one it would be very odd to see like the Jets win and Rodgers win a Super Bowl with them or something, but I think back now where you know, you always have those guys who you want to win you want to see win a Super Bowl. You know, like it was, I wanted to see Donald Driver win one. It turned into, mm-hmm. when he came, <laughs> completely different uh, road here. And then it turned into, I wanted Johnny Jolly to win one in 2014 when he came back with the team after Ooh. coming back from his codeine addiction, um, which uh, I'll throw this in here. You know, he didn't drink it because it got him high. He drank it because he liked the taste. I was drinking it just because I liked the way it tastes. Uh, <laughs> but that's a quote. Yeah, that's a quote. I would love to see now with this team, Aaron Jones is the guy who, out of everyone on the Packers, I want to see win a Super Bowl because he's like the fucking best dude ever. So, yeah. No, and that's fair. Yeah, there's there's definitely – there's always a, a couple guys on the team that you're just like, they're, they're just good guys and you want to see them win. But I don't know. Yeah. Would you root for – I think we've said – we've talked about this before, but like would you root for the Jets in the playoffs? It's – I guess this is what I'd say. I I won't root for them in the regular season. I Fair. I won't root for them in the playoffs. I don't think, you know, unless they're going up against like the Browns or something, like an actual rapist. Um but if they get to the Super Bowl, I think I would root for them cuz what's the difference between the 31st and 32nd? Like I still want Rodgers to be happy. I don't think he fucked us over. He even had that nice little uh that- I don't think he fucked us over at all. I yeah. just I guess what I would look, this shouldn't matter, but what I would say is like, it, it, okay, it kind of sucks if he goes to the Jets and he wins the Super Bowl and he won one Super Bowl with us. I know, I know. But, I, but okay, but that is very, that's a very spiteful way to look at it yes. and like not, so like, I'm not saying that's how I feel, but like, <laughs> fuck, if he won two with the Jets, could you imagine like, oh, that would really make me feel bad about the Packers. That's and that's the thing. That's what I. Hey, he can win one. What I said one of the episodes after we drafted Jordan Love is I'm 
I'm fine with it, you know, and I didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. I always give the Packers, you know, the benefit of the doubt, which I probably shouldn't have. But the only thing was, what I said was, if you move on too soon, it's an absolute nightmare if he goes somewhere else and wins. So if we don't do anything with Jordan Love and he goes on and wins Super Bowls with the Jets, I'd feel pretty fucking dumb. And the memes would be all over the place for Packer fans. Also, the Jets aren't winning a Super Bowl. Who are we kidding? Yeah, I don't don't think so either. Never mind. I I don't even care about it. Yeah. I'm not worried. I saw Rogers some slow motion picks too, so I'm sure that's just going to continue. Here's my thing: Rogers played good enough to win us two more Super Bowls. 2011, he played good enough. Mm-hmm. We should have. I mean, if if that Giants D line, I mean, they were on crack. I don't know yeah, what was going on. Yeah. And then 20 was it 2014? 2014, yeah. I mean, those were he played. Those were Super Bowl years for us. Unfortunately, we, we missed them. Unfortunately, but that's the way football goes. Well, it's twenty twenty two. If that team, if that team just had their ducks in a row, it's one of those where I'm like eight out of eight out of ten times against the Bucks, they win that game at Lambeau. Do you like? I go back, Fair. think about, uh, or well, this is a different one. The Niners. You know, oh, gross. The nine, if if Aaron Jones just ran straight before halftime, remember he ran I out know. about. It, there's like little, there's little he fucking changed things. direction. Ugh. Oh, that is bad. I said it before. I'll say it again. Thank God we won the Super Bowl in 2010. But if we didn't have that one, we would be so snake bitten the last 20 years because we have and obviously the Bills. Oh my God, we, even maybe even worse with all the heartbreaking losses. Is we've it had. worse in the Bills though? I don't know if it's worse in the Bills. It's tough to lose in the actual Super Bowl, but like go for four a times and lose. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> the worst. I guess it's hard for us to even conceptualize that because I was way before we were born. But yeah, that would be imagine us. Okay, the championship has been our that's been our kryptonite. But like, imagine going to the ship and losing. True, that would four times. that would suck. But there wasn't memes back then. You got to think about the memes. Okay, yeah, I guess you got to factor in technology and social media. Yeah, so, yeah. so I don't know. I guess, okay, potato, potato. Yeah, we had it worse. Yeah, uh, yeah. But with that. Uh... I don't have anything else. God, that's over an hour again at training camp. We are good at talking about the Packers. Um, yes. Yeah, hopefully it's interesting for the listeners to hear the BS. I don't know. I would hope so. But, uh, yeah, if you like that, leave a review. Five stars, hopefully. Spotify, iTunes, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, all that shit. Uh, if you want a koozie, DM us, ask for one, or email us at peepapodcast at gmail.com. We will send you a free koozie for any canned or bottled beverage. Uh, Are we giving away a jersey this year? No, fuck no. Done with that. Okay, Done with we're that not shit. doing that. No more, that was dumb. No more we're fitness. not doing that anymore. Yeah, it did get yeah. us a lot of followers on the old Twitter, but, uh, or X. Oh. No, whatever. Maybe we will then. Uh, no, I don't think so. But, uh, no, we won't. With that, I don't have anything else. Todd, do you have anything else? I have nothing else. Well, with that, Eric Kuskinen, please don't sue us. With my job, yeah, it just won't pay. I worked all year, I worked all month, then they took my money away. Now I don't care. They ain't working like me down here. I said, hey now, little baby, I'm gonna deep down in debt. 
Cigarette.